0: Welcome to another episode of Exploring Possibilities on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, my website, journeyofpossibilities.com, and some of the best of the best are now on my new YouTube channel, YouTube slash Cheryl Sitz. I am your host, Cheryl Sitz, and every week we come here to have some of the most interesting conversations on the planet. The mission is transforming life from the inside out in holistic spiritual ways. If you like what you hear, consider supporting our work to help us cover the cost of bringing you these great shows. You can make your contribution at journeyofpossibilities.com slash donate. This show and the website are the skillful creations of tech shaman Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance. Mario, how can you help listeners today?
1: Thank you, Cheryl. You know, one of the other things that I hear a lot about is SEO, social media, even YouTube. Maybe you don't want to pay those 400 or $500 bills for SEO. Maybe you just need to know how SEO works. I can help you with that. Or you just need to upload a YouTube video because, you know, everybody's doing it. Rather than buying a marketing expert to do this for you, I can show you how to do that in plain English. I don't have to give you all the techno babble that goes along with all that. The other part that I can help you out, social media. A lot of people are pushing Facebook. A lot of people are pushing Twitter. What's right for you? I can help you figure that out. And that's what part of my consulting is and part of my power of giving you those solutions. I empower you to your solutions that work for you, not work for me. For solutions that empower you, reach me at MarioRosales.net or TechLifeBalance.net. Who are you?
2: Why are you here? What wonders and opportunities await you beyond physical death? What happened millennia ago to create the damaged earth and fractured societies you see around you? Empowering, enlightening, internationally acclaimed, the Joseph Communications books offer answers to these questions. Spiritual, concise, contemporary, non-denominational, the communications originate from Joseph, a highly evolved discarnate spirit, concerned for you and the future of the planet and its peoples. The words of Joseph and his soul group give you the power to bring light and change into your own life and the lives of others and to restore the earth. Available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, the communications can be ordered today at www.thejosephcommunications.com and also from Amazon and other major booksellers. All proceeds are used for further publishing and advertising and to make the communications available worldwide.
0: We have created an amazing build-your-own-experience Peruvian shamanic adventure for you next fall. We'd love to have you join us. It'll be the Nazca Lines, the Jungle, Sacred Valley, Machu Picchu. I get all excited just talking about it. I can't wait. Whatever feels right for you, that's the experience for you. We work with guides and shaman of the highest integrity to bring you a safe, memorable experience. That's very important to us. If you have any questions about it, feel free to contact us. You can find the details at journeyofpossibilities.com slash events. Now for today's guest. She's actually here live. That's a little different. Zeta Renee is a nomadic modern day healer practicing wherever spirit guides her. She travels facilitating healing by being a conduit and creating and holding space for her clients' healing journeys, emotionally, energetically, spiritually, and physically. They call her Mama Zeta. You can learn more about her at ZetaRenee.com. And she's joining us today. Hi, Zeta. Hi, how's it going? So glad you're here with us. It's a privilege. I met Zeta a while back when she was going through what seemed to be a normal move from one place to another. And it was anything but normal. And watching this whole thing unfold, I had to have her on the show. But let's go back before that, Zeta. I know that you were kind of brought up Christian. How did that shift for you from being contemporary, well, conventional Christian to a really expanded spiritual healer? So I was raised Southern Baptist,
3: um, not necessarily spiritual, but definitely religious, but spiritual within the religion. Um, so at the time, you know, I always followed, uh, where God felt I was supposed to go. Now I use spirit instead of God. But, um, so when I was in high school, I had a really good friend and he was like, Hey, I think you should go to school for massage. And I was like, okay, well, I think I'm supposed to work with kids with special needs. And in the meantime, I had teachers tell me, well, that's a great profession, but sometimes you may want a backup plan because it's a rewarding job, but not always fulfilling because it's repetitive, you know, and I said, Okay, and my mom being a hairdresser, she, that wasn't so far fetched to go to massage school. And so I went and checked it out. And that's really what opened the doors to everything. So it was massage school. And then I went to new school for nutrition. And then I learned about chakras and then essential oils. And it just started slowly unfolding one thing after another. And it was kind of I felt like I was raised in a way of certain things were witchy or um, you couldn't do those. You know, it was walking a fine line and essential oils were even kind of one of those, you know. And so when I started learning about them, I was like, well, wait a minute. If God created everything, then it's meant to be used. And so it kind of went from essential oils to stones being the same thing. Well if god created the stone and the stone has energy and i can use it then okay and then from there it was kind of like well if jesus laid his hands on somebody and healed maybe they didn't call it reiki but is that not similar exactly and so that's kind of how it all just unfolded it was spirit leading the way the entire time like i i could have never imagined going to massage school you know that's not what i thought i thought i was going to go to college and work with kids and you know do all these things and it's cool because I do still work with kids and kids with special needs do come. But uh, that's not my main focus or my main career path that I thought I was going to do.
0: Well, one of the interesting things about you, and that's so interesting how you say that, because that's exactly where I went with it. Well, if everything is sacred, then why not? So I, that's kind of where my Christianity expanded into a bigger path, too. But you're kind of unusual in that I made a lot of Light workers and holistic practitioners who don't necessarily have a business head for for doing that work and you do how did that come about so when I first started massage um,
3: I knew that okay well once I figured out it was good right <laughs> I was like well I don't want to work for somebody my mom's owned her business all these years and she really tried to actually kind of talk me out of it because she was like, you don't understand the headache, the the overhead, the having people work for you, the showing up and no toilet paper is there, or in her case, no color is there. And I was like, no, 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 I want it. So when I first started, I was married, and I went out and ventured on my own, and he was okay with that. And I would not go to work, because I didn't have clients. So what am I going to go sit up there all day for? And so one day, he kind of had the talk, and he was <laughs> like, um you're either going to do this or you're not going to do it. And I said, Oh, well, I'm going to do it. And so from then on, it just wasn't a choice, you know, and so I had to figure it out because I wasn't going to go back to working for somebody. And so I would get part time jobs, I would do what I needed to do to help make up the gaps financially. And I went and I just sat, you know, and so I was in salons in the park. So it was nice because there was some foot traffic. And from there, it just one thing after another, I was like, okay, we got to do social media and we got to figure out what's the best way to get people to book with me and how to balance the books, you know, and so it just kind of unfolded. And back then I did a living social and living social wasn't even a thing yet. So I was the third person to ever run with them. It did fantastic. And that's how I built a lot of my clientele right off the gate. And so most of my clients, I've had my business for 15 years and most of my clients I've had for a good 12 years.
0: That's fabulous. That speaks to the quality of your work and your integrity and everything. So wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So, yes, I knew of your center in Houston because we are near Houston, where we broadcast from in Texas. I knew of your center for a while. And when I met you, you were selling your center and you were so excited because you were going to be moving to a new healing center in the country. And then I swear, like I blinked and I saw, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Forget that event. I'm going to be the nomadic healing facilitator. Wait a minute. What? And And you were putting together all your resources for an upcoming trip to Peru, which was what we originally connected around was the shamanic path. That's a lot of movement and change very quickly. And I saw immediately that you are definitely spirit led in what you do, because you said, this is what spirit told me to do. And then I thought, wow, how on earth is she pulling that off? (laughs) What was going through you? How did you stay focused and inspired and moving forward when the rug was pulled out kind of from under you by the change that happened so fast?
3: I think it's funny because, like, um when I work with people and they're telling me about their, I don't want to call them problems, but, you know, what they feel like is a problem or their trauma, you look at it and you're like, wow, the rug's really been pulled out of you. So my story, people think that about my story and I don't think that about my story. I'm just like, oh, well, that's just how it was supposed to happen, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's how it happened. Um, So I don't feel like it's a trauma or a rug being pulled out. It's just how I needed to hear the message. And, um, so even before I closed my center, my slogan was, I walk in my truth so that you can walk in your truth. And my goal is to be my authentic self, good, bad, ugly, because those are just words, um, that it inspires somebody else to walk in their truth and be who they really are. So there was a lot of people that were, I don't want to say envious, but they were definitely in awe of being able to close a center after 15 years and move it to a place that those same clients wouldn't be coming. I mean, it was hours away. Yeah. And um from there, it was just kind of, I don't know, I just walk in my truth so that you can walk in yours, <laughs> right? And so like, as I was closing the center, people were crying because they were like, Oh, I wish I had the guts or, you know, the whatever to go do this, you know, and it's so powerful that you get to do it. And I'm I sit here and I'm like, well, you can do it too, right? I mean, like it's to me, it's not that hard. You just do it. And so that was always my comeback. I'm like, well, you can walk in your truth too. Like, So what about fear?
0: What about fear? You say it's not that hard. You can do it too. And for many of us, at some point, that fear thing comes up of, oh my gosh, am I going to be okay? Like, how am I going to pay the bills? What's going to happen? The unknown can be really scary for people.
3: It can be scary, but you can also go down the rabbit hole of the unknown and if you allow yourself to not go down the rabbit hole and just understand that it's provided, it's always provided. And I think the other thing is I tell people not to judge the way it comes Mm -hmm. because you never know, you know, like a lady that I was coaching for a while, um, she was going through some things and I, and she wanted a certain life and you know, the bills weren't getting paid or food wasn't getting paid or whatever. And I said, but you can't judge the way it comes. I said, if somebody offers to buy you a dinner, isn't that one less meal that you have to provide? It's not coming to you in the form of financial, right? It's not coming to you in the form of cash. But you just got a meal paid for that you no longer had to pay for. And so it's really just about not judging the way it comes.
0: Well, and you are having to really walk in the truth of one day at a time. Yeah. Many of us want to know how we're going to make it for the next. And that business head too, right? I need to see where all this is going to come together and it's going to take care of this and that and the other. So. We don't live in the moment. We live in needing to know what's coming next and needing to know where my food's going to come from and where my rent's going to come. And you are kind of the nomadic healing facilitator. So how do you get through that wanting to know what's next and stay in the moment? Um, There's major balance.
3: I have a calendar that's booked all the way through March. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I am very business brain in the mindset that like I do have a calendar and I book things, and I'm constantly looking for the next thing. But I also leave gaps in there, A, gaps for myself, and then gaps for wherever spirit's supposed to, to put me. So like even last night, like I did a group healing in San Marcos and got up this morning and drove back to Magnolia. But we did this group healing for two hours. It really went on for three hours, went back to the people's house that we were staying at and did another two-hour session because there was somebody there that needed work. And we didn't get to bed. And I say we, I have an apprentice with me that's currently traveling. So two in an SUV, not just <laughs> one anymore. But um, so we're up at three o'clock in the morning, finishing up this healing session. And we're like, we look at each other when we're done. We're like, so do we pack the box now or do we pack it in the morning? Wow. And I was like, I think we should pack it now because 30 more minutes of sleep in the morning is way more important than 30 <laughs> more minutes of sleep <laughs> at
0: night. yeah so
3: we did and um i'm so grateful for the extra 30 minutes this morning (laughs) but yeah so it's really you know just not judging and being okay with whatever happens because it's just the way it's supposed to be yeah
0: that's a beautiful testament to faith literally living in faith so many of us claim to have faith and then when it really when the rubber meets the road it's like oh that that's what faith is yeah the unknown.
3: Well, it's interesting because another story about living by faith, we went to um, Hot Springs last month and we were in the state park and it had been raining. And I was like, oh, I want to show you where the lake is and this other water hole, you know. And so we go down and it's this hill. I don't even think about getting back up the hill.
0: <laughs> and
3: so we take the car down and there's a truck down there, just a random truck sitting there. Come to find out he was making a phone call and that was the only place for service. So we turn around, Megan gets out of the car and goes and looks at the water because it's raining. I don't even want to get out. I'm like, just run up there, look at it real quick and then get back in the car. <laughs> and so we go to go back up to our camp spot and we go up the hill and my car starts going backwards and I'm, oh. I'm in no control. And so I'm like, okay. so she's like freaking out. She's used to going to Colorado with her dad. And so she's already like trying to hop out of the car. (laughs) I'm like, get back in the car. It's okay. I'm pumping the brake. I'm trying to steer. And we end up coming off the road for off into like a little ditch. And so I'm not completely panicking. She's still trying to jump out of the car. I'm like, it's okay. It'll be okay. She's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, yeah, will. it'll be okay. So she she finally is like, okay, well, at least let me get out and just go look and see. <laughs> I mean, we're heavy. Yeah. Like, all of our belongings for two people are in this car. I have an attic. I call it my attic. It's a roof thing. Um, it's jam-packed full. So we have extra weight for an SUV as well. And so she gets out and she's like, oh, Zeta, it's not good. No. <laughs> I said, well, let me just try again. And every time I'd go forward, I would go backwards. And I said, okay. So I put the brake on and I said, you remember that truck down there? I said, I think you need to go get them. And she did. She went down there and the guy was on the phone and he immediately hung up, knew exactly what was happening and brought her back up and got us out. That's awesome. I was just like, it'll be okay. (laughs) Who knows how, but it will. (laughs) But you know, to me, that's just, it's spirit led because what are the odds of that truck being down there? Right. You know, and then he had a tow cable, you know, mm-hmm. and he was so willing and able to just get off his phone and and come home. And yeah. I find that it's the the recification because I did that for so long. Yes. And I still do that. Right. I still help people just in a different form of having a house and being open. But it's just what you do. I, well, I have this other thing. It's kind of like um, if you say spirit always says yes to you, no matter what, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's really learning to say yes to spirit. Yes. And saying yes to spirit before a spirit even has to ask. And so that's what I'm working on now is doing it before it's even asked.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. So you mentioned that you two are living in this. SUV. So it would be enough to me for a, a party of one to live in a vehicle. And now there are two of you living in a vehicle. How did that transition go from you? You had a house.
3: Yeah. So fortunately, she's petite. I'm not. <laughs> So we fit. Um <laughs> no, but she uh she stays in a tent when we camp camp out and then I actually have a bed or a mattress in my car, um, a foam pad, let's be real. Um and it sits on top of my massage table and our food. And so that's also kind of our barrier to be able to get things in and out of the car and all of that. How did you learn all of this? I mean, did you already have a plan when this oh, all no. came down of this is how I'm gonna live in my car? Absolutely not. So when I moved to the retreat center and things didn't go as I thought they were going to go, <laughs> Um well, we talked a little bit about this earlier. Yeah. So Spirit talks to you in the way that you need to hear it. And I know that I would not have closed my doors of a four-bedroom house where I was having a healing center to go live in my car. Mm-hmm. So Spirit had to provide this other opportunity to say, hey, why don't you go do this when and really we're going to have you do this? Right. And, uh, later on I was like, really, you could have just told me the shortcut, <laughs> but it wasn't about me. It's not. And I think that's the other thing is like, I don't ever think it's really about me. It's about everybody that I'm supposed to help. So I was like, okay. And so I had met Megan at my center. Um, she had come in for several classes and things and was a couple times needing, Hey, can I stay here? And I'm like, absolutely. My doors are always open for anybody that needs to stay. So we just really clicked I, and I could see, I see truth. And so I could see her path and I was like, oh, she's like a younger version of me. I started <laughs> when I was 17 and she's 20 and like, I want to help mold her and guide her. And, um, I called her my kid for a long time. I call her my sister now because it's a little bit better, but you know, so she kind of went from my kid to my sister <laughs> and um, I'm sure one day she'll be my teacher. She still is my teacher no matter what stage you're in, right? But, um, so I, she even went out to the hill country with me to build the center and things didn't work out as we had thought. And so I kind of had a momentary freak, but it wasn't like a freak freak. It was just kind of like, Oh, okay. What are we going to do now? Because everything's gone and I don't want that. Because it was costing me too much to have that um, financially, physically, and emotionally. And so I just said, okay, well, spirit has a plan. I just don't know what it is. And spirit needs to clue me in pretty darn quick. So then the idea just popped in my head. I knew about RV living. And I was like, well, I'm not financially in a place to get an RV. So what's the next step? And I was like, okay, well, what does car living look like? And so I got on YouTube. And I'm not a researcher. And so I was like, let's just see. And so all these videos and all these people talking about living in their car and how to do it. And a lot of them were living in vans and I'm in an SUV. But then I saw somebody living out of a Volkswagen and I was like, <laughs> okay, well, if you can do it in a Volkswagen, I can totally do it in an SUV. Right. And then the other difference was I'm my work. And so I it's different, too, because these people are setting up a home in their cars. I needed a business in my car with a place to sleep. Mm-hmm not necessarily a home. And so, but it started really making sense. And so then I got on Facebook and I was like, surely there's groups, right? And there were tons and tons. and Oh, I found the name. So it's called Van Dwelling. <laughs> Instead of RV Life, Van Dwelling. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, so that helped me further the research and find things to search. And so from there, I found this group and it was called Solo Women's Van life or something like that. And I, it did more for me than any of the other van life groups because this was all women and I'm a woman. And so I was like, okay, if all these women of all these different ages and all these different walks of life and all different financial incomes and all different reasons of why they're living in a car or a van, if they can all do it, then I can do it.
0: Right. And it made sense. And do you feel safe? Speaking of the fact that you're a woman doing this, do you feel safe? See, I've, I've never, never felt probably- unsafe. Okay. So absolutely, um,
3: I've had to, not had to, I chose to sleep in like a Walmart parking lot once or twice. And even then I feel pretty safe. Um, There's been a couple shady spots <laughs> because there's a, a website called free rv living, no free campsites.org.net. I don't know one of those. So anyway, so it um, shows you all the free campsites. For the whole U.S. And some of those are a little shady because you pull in and you're like, oh, nobody's stayed here for a while. And the grass has grown and it doesn't really have a toilet. And there's artwork, if you want to call it artwork, um, painted. But then you look and you've got like this beautiful scenery of the lake. And you're like, this is my free backyard for the, the night or as many nights as I want it. And it's beautiful. And I get to wake up to the sunset coming over the water and I get to park my car next to the water. I don't have to park next to the graffiti and the tall grass, you know, and you look at it, you're like, I'm 33. How many people get to have this life? And it's so cool to me that I get to walk in this life and this journey. And yeah, so
0: I guess the fear just goes. That's such a great perspective. And that's true of everything. Our perspective shapes our experience. So keeping that positive outlook and looking at the gift that is in it and not any problem because we can have as many problems or as many gifts as we decide to focus on.
3: Absolutely. So, yeah. So then Megan joined me in the car and (laughs) she sleeps in a tent because we're both not going to fit in an SUV with all the other stuff. And I stay in the car and we just we've got it down, you know, to almost a science of everything has its spot. You know, we're both minimalist. We have very little things. We actually both live out of a
0: backpack. Wow. And then everything else in the car is business. So you're obviously a nature lover. We have Peru in common. Is your journey, would you say that your healing modalities are shamanic or do you have others or how do you classify yourself in terms of the healing that you facilitate?
3: So I go by a nomadic modern day healer. Um, for a long time, you know, I got my start in massage. So that's really how I kind of got started. And then I was working on my bachelor's of natural health for a while, and I've done reflexology and nutrition. I'm a nutritional consultant. So for a long time, it was like complimentary services. And then I had friends that were like, you know, you're a shaman, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I was raised Baptist. I don't even know what that word is. <laughs> and um they're like, no, you're really on the shamanic path. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and then I don't like fads. And so I kept hearing the word shaman and I was like, um, I still don't know what that is and I haven't researched it yet. And so I know it's a fad word and I'm not into fads. Right. And so I was like, so over the years it transitioned, right? I went from like, uh, I dropped, well, I wasn't nomadic yet. So it was just modern day healer for a long time. And I think I used a couple other variations for a while. And then um, nomadic obviously got added when I got in the car. But uh, I would definitely say they're more shamanic type sessions. Um, I don't really care to call myself a shaman because I feel like it's a very privileged name that's given to you. And it's not a name necessarily that you take. I mean, like that you provide for yourself. And so if somebody calls me a shaman, I accept it and I'm very grateful and humbled for it but if anything like i'm the baby 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 shaman <laughs> so, <laughs> i like that that's good so i i resonate with nomadic modern day healer um i also know business wise that sometimes i do use the word shaman because you are reaching out to people that understand that word and that is what i'm doing so um like the group healing we just did was a shaman a shamanic journey Um, There was no medicine involved, but it was a shamanic sound journey. And business wise, I know that you have to provide those names and it is the service I'm providing, you know, but I like nomadic modern day healer.
0: It was so wonderful to watch you go to Peru. And I swear you're not the woman that I met a couple of months be- ago before that trip to Peru. Peru changes us and it doesn't take the plant medicine to do it. It's the sacred land. It's the the culture. It's the people. It's it's all of that. And, and we kind of talked about that. So you have participated in both types of ceremonies, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. And do you? what do you have to say to somebody that's like, oh, I need to try the plant medicine. I, I don't think I can get there on my own or whatever. How do you speak to that?
3: So going back to even the word shaman, I had no idea what ayahuasca was. Um, Apparently, it's in all these movies I've seen and still didn't even know. (laughs) But uh, so the word came up and I was like, oh, okay. And remember, raised Baptist. So I didn't do drugs, alcohol, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't know anything about that. And so all of a sudden, this word kept popping up and popping up. And then like something would come across my computer feed, or I would see a meetup that was offering it. And I was like, okay, I guess it's time. Let's figure out what this is, you know? And from there, it was just one thing after another. And so my first journey with medicine literally fell in my lap. And I was like, okay, I guess it's time. And so that's really how I feel about the medicine in general. If you do take the medicine, it will come to your space. Um, If you're out searching for it and looking for it, it's not time. But if it literally just falls in your lap, then it's time. And there's something that needs to be seen. But I am a full believer that you can reach that space without the medicine.
0: I totally resonate with what you're saying. And I like what you described to me earlier about how you see ayahuasca, what it does for you. Do you remember what you said to me? Ayahuasca shows it shows you the truth. Oh, yeah. It shows you truth.
3: So it shows you truth. And it's not my truth or your truth. It's just truth.
0: Exactly. That's and the that's best description I've heard for ayahuasca yet. It it shows you truth. and And to the extent that I think we're ready to look at it, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because I find that the spirit of ayahuasca takes you on this journey. And it takes you so far deep within yourself that to process things that you thought you had gotten rid of or that you thought you had processed. And when it comes up, you're like... Oh, I didn't even know that was still there. (laughs) And I think that's also it falling in your lap because if you go searching for it, you're not ready to see what it has to show you. And if it falls in your lap, then it's like, okay, it's supposed to show me something. It's supposed to help me get through something. And and usually it's something that you didn't even know that you were holding on to. Because I was taught by one of my mentors, if it's on the brain, it's on its way out.
0: Mm. And
3: so ayahuasca shows you what's not on the brain.
0: Oh, I like that.
3: Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That is
0: really good. Yeah.
3: So if you think that you're searching it out because you want to work through XYZ, well, XYZ is actually on its way out. It's ABC that's hidden so deep within that you didn't even know ABC was still there. And that's what the spirit
0: of the medicine shows you. And so it
3: shows you truth.
0: Yes. In fact, I've described it as being like this, you know, when the dentist goes in your mouth and gets that mirror to go to the places that you can't see. That's what ayahuasca does in the body. It like goes to where this stuff is hiding in the crevices of you that you didn't even know it's there. And it just shines a little light and we can continue to ignore it, but it tends to be more painful if we do at that point. (laughs) Absolutely.
3: But the cool thing, and I think the beautiful thing is that you can get there without the medicine too, as long as you're open. Yes. You know, and then that's where I come in. Uh, I'm just a healing facilitator, right? You still have to do your own healing. I can't do it for you, but I can create that space for you and I can hold the space for you and allow you to come into a sacred space where you can be free and be you. And by putting myself out there and my journey out there and walking in my truth, it allows the vulnerability because you have to be vulnerable to allow yourself to reach that spot. And so then all I do is I create that space and we could sit here and hold space Yes. You know, but for some people, they need a little bit more. And so that's when I bring out the drums and the rattles and, you know, whatever. energy work yeah, and whatever, whatever needs do. to be.
0: So you're intuitively guided and it's not probably the same for any two clients. Somebody can book a session with you and just say, I know I need to to deal with something. Something's not working for me. And you go and you're guided what to do.
3: Yeah. So that's what I do. Um For a long time, I called it intuitive healing. But again, getting back to acknowledging words. And so I've recently changed it to shamanic sessions. And um it's just an all encompassing session. And it usually goes anywhere from two to three hours of just really getting in there and clearing out whatever it is that needs to be cleared, ancestral stuff, soul retrieval, whatever needs to happen. And we don't judge it, you know, and they're all different. And some people come as often as they need, you know, whether it be monthly or every week or, Whatever, But now they can't come every week. I'm on the road.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and booked for quite some time. That's pretty commendable. Yeah. I don't know too many practitioners that can say they're booked for the next five or six months. That's pretty good.
3: Yeah. So I have a standing clientele in Houston that I see. Houston and Trinity in the surrounding areas. Um, Katie in those areas. But um, so I see them monthly. And some of those still are just massage clients. Um, they still help pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And because I've had them for 12 to 15 years. But I have – from there, I travel outside of Texas. And so we travel all over. Like I said last night, we were, I don't know, three hours away doing a, a group session and then here today. Um, and so ideally, I try to book group sessions and then a day of privates alongside it. And so my calendar right now is booked through March with the one week that I rotate around Houston and – the rest is in the process of being filled in.
0: Oh, that makes good sense. Yeah. So what does the future look like in this business? Do you want bigger territory, a bigger space to live in? Or do you see yourself settling down? What does that look like? Um, I ultimately see myself going wherever spirit tells me to go. <laughs> what a perfect answer.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, ideally the human brain, um, the human mind, I would like a van. Um, before I went to Peru, I thought I, w- thought I wanted a bus. Um, I wanted a bus that I could deck out. As an office space, pull up in your driveway, you hop on, you hop off, and I drive down the road. Um, I went to Peru, and Spirit told me I was supposed to stay. And so we kind of had to battle it out because I was like, well, I have commitments that I have to go back for. And I currently do not have the resources in my bank to stay. So I'll make a deal because I always say yes. And the deal was you provide the finances and I'll come back. And so that's kind of where I'm at now because um, I've only been back a few months mm-hmm. and uh, I looked into all the visas and everything and ideally I can stay for six months and so that would be the the ultimate first goal and just to kind of learn and study from the mentors and the people that I met there and a lot of learning sidetracking for a minute but teachers you know we think oh you're supposed to show me something and if you would just sit and watch the energy you can learn so much and so that's really what I'm looking for to going back is really working in the community and working with them and watching the energy. It's not necessarily going and getting a specific teacher of something. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: But um, so before I left, I thought I wanted a bus and then I was like, okay, well now it's financially, it's either a bus or Peru for six months. (laughs) You can't have both. Well, you can, but I don't need both. So now I'm just going to, go back to Peru for 6 months as soon as the finances come and then when I get back from Peru we'll go from there because I have no idea what that will look like but I think maybe a van. I would like to upgrade to at least a van. So if anybody has a van that wants to give me a van. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm That's saying, how it happens. <laughs> you know, that is how it happens. Um be- just because to being in an SUV it is a little bit more cramped. Yeah. But There's a lot of things that I like to have luxury. I call them luxury items, but they also help with my my work, right? I have a massage table and we have drums and we have, you know, a couple singing bowls and we each have our shaman tote and our food tote and we put two bodies in there and... You're full. You're full. So a, a van would definitely be a little bit more practical as
0: far as space goes and not being overly cramped. Right. Yeah. So other than that, who knows? I mean, and what territory do you work? If someone's listening and they're like, well, does she come over here? Where, where do you want to go? Absolutely.
3: <laughs> I'll go anywhere. No, I really will go anywhere. Um Right now, we've been focusing in Houston. Well, not just Houston, but Texas. So it's a little odd. It's different because I had an actual center that you came to for 15 years. And so business brain, right? I've really created a whole new business because now I'm completely mobile. And so it's really about getting my name out beyond Houston.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, But I've been told by many gifted people that I'm not supposed to sit still. Um, everywhere I go, it shakes things up. And so I kind of have a joke that it's like if I'm coming to stay at your house, um, things are not going to be the same. I'm just <laughs> forewarning. I come with a warning label.
0: She did not give me that warning, by the way, before I said, Well, sure, come do it live and stay at my house. Yeah, well, so, you know. <laughs> so stay tuned. Who knows yeah. what's coming in Cheryl's world <laughs> exactly.
3: But um, so we do spend a lot of time. I, I like to go to Arkansas, just I feel home yeah. home there. Um home home is Peru. We will yes. you can't deny absolutely that. um Arkansas is probably second home. Uh so I do enjoy going there. And I've met some really cool people. Because of what I do and Walking in My Truth, I'll just go to a drum circle and somebody's like, hey, do you want to come home with me? And I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> Here's my warning label I come with. And uh you just, it's very interesting, you know, how people are just so open and I'm always taken care of, you know? So yeah, so Arkansas and then we're looking right now at Arizona and um I've reached out to a couple places in Florida and everywhere in between. Um, I have some connections in Colorado that are already wanting me to come to Colorado. So I'm very open to going anywhere. Um, you know, I believe Spirit's going to provide whatever we need. But in this realm right now, I try to keep a gas budget right, just to not go overly crazy. So right now, if you
0: can meet the gas budget. <laughs> 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 and then once we get beyond that, then really anywhere. That's fabulous. That's exciting. And right now you said your funds are earmarked to go back to Peru.
3: Yeah, yeah. My funds are to try to go back to Peru. Um, I really feel the call by April, but I don't stress and I don't feel like it's worth stressing over. So I told Spirit, I'll go, but you have to work it out because...
0: Exactly.
3: I'm just going to keep doing.
0: You know, and I know I have and I know other people who have said, okay, I'll leave this to Spirit and then they grab it right back and worry about it again. And then, okay, I'll give it back to Spirit and then they grab it back again. You seem really good at just letting it go. Has that been something that you've just... Built the practice of over the years or have you always kind of been good at that or i think it's a combination i
3: mean i was way more stressed when i had a center just because you know you have to meet the numbers right, right. It, it costs so much to the basics right we all well most people have right, right? i mean you have rent or mortgage light bills cable internet you know th- even if you've done way with everything that you can do without there's still a
0: minimum exactly
3: and so there was way more stress then But even still, I always found that everything was taken care of. You know, I didn't hurt for anything or really want for anything. I got most of my wants. All my needs were met. And that probably does come a lot from just growing up in faith, you know, even though it was a different type of faith. But yeah, so... I just have always been provided for. So, yes, there are plenty of times when I had a business, you'd sit back and you go, okay, like, (laughs) now what? The first is like in three days and we don't have the money. like. But then, you know, you get a client that buys a package or, you know, somebody's like, hey, I want to gift you something. And you're like,
0: oh, okay, awesome. Thank you.
3: So I, I guess I just carried that on.
0: You know? I think also the shamanic path itself, where it's it's less about stuff and, and the material world and more about connecting with spirit and nature and, and one another. So I think that helps too, minimizing how much we really think we need.
3: Yeah, I think minimalizing too is the key word there. Because the less stuff you have, the more you need, I mean, the less you need or want for. And living out of a car really puts that into perspective. Because it's like anytime you go to buy anything, even groceries, you're like, right oh i just need a day's worth or two days worth you know i can't, i don't have enough room a to haul food around we don't have a refrigerator or a cooler or anything like that so it's like it's got to last right and you don't want to waste it so it's got to be eaten and so everything you buy is kind of within that realm of like is it a need or a want yeah and that also limits how much money you actually need to survive right you know so it, i think it all just it all works together it's all part of the puzzle to not having stress um, and living stress-free.
0: What an inspiring interview. You are inspiring. You really do walk in your truth so that we can walk in ours. I mean, watching you walk in your truth off of some of the cliffs that you've stepped off of and just be fine is really inspiring.
3: Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, because sometimes like when you walk in your truth, you don't realize the impact it has on others until they say something and you're like, I'm so grateful for that. But um, because that is what I want, but I'm just doing me. At the end of the day, I'm just doing me.
0: And I really believe, you know, we spend so much time and energy trying to figure out why am I here and what am I supposed to do? And if we could all just settle into who I am and be ourselves and do it peacefully and with love for ourselves and one another, that would all work itself out. I think you're totally right there.
3: (laughs) So I have an analogy that um, most people really like. Um, So we're all on our path. And so you said most people are looking for their path. And all you have to really do is look down because (laughs) you're never off your path. Right. Um, So our path, I like to envision it as a road or a street. And uh, we are a car. And so we're driving our car down our path. And this often happens in relationships or friendships or even with our children. But we like to take over somebody else's car. And by control, because we want certain things a certain way, or we think you should be going this way or doing that, or hey, you're really we're I want you to head down this road with me, and so I'm going to take over your car. So what ends up happening is if you're driving somebody else's car, who's driving your car? And so nobody and right. you're in neutral or you've let somebody else drive it. but you're just in neutral going down this path. And so there may have been an exit that you're supposed to take and you didn't take it because you weren't in control. And that's not to say that you can't take the exit 10 later, because we don't want to go back. We don't want to look back and be like, "Oh, I should have taken that," because there's always a detour somewhere that you can go back to where you're supposed to be, get back on track. But it, it works all different ways, right? So if you're in somebody else's passenger seat or back seat and backseat driving for them, then again, you're not in your car. If you allow somebody else into your car, then you're stuck in the passenger seat or the back seat and you're no longer in control of your path. And so I don't think it's really a matter of like finding your path. It's just taking control back over your path because you're the vessel and you're the car. And then especially in relationships and even our children, you have to remember, ideally, the goal is to get to the same place, but it may not be forever. So, you know, the goal may be to get to Disney by 2020, but from 2020 to 2025, we may not be heading in the same direction. And it's allowing for those ebbs and flows. But when you're in control of your path, then the rest doesn't matter. You're just happy that they're alongside you in their
0: car. Absolutely. Well, in the irony of control and no control, the irony of control that we're actually letting spirit navigate, and we're just driving a aco- spirits, the GPS, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> I like that analogy. That's a good parting thought for the show, I think. That was pretty good stuff. Is there anything that you wanted to share with our listeners today that we didn't cover? No, I think we're good. We're good? Okay, well, that was great. And they can find you online at com. Yeah,
3: it's dot com
0: you're unique. And so is the spelling of your name. I like it. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Zeta, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And thank you for listening. What did you think of the show? Let us know. We welcome your feedback and support at journey of slash donate. And we'll see you next week on exploring possibilities. This show is the sole property of Cheryl Sitz and Journey of Possibilities. Feel free to redistribute in its entirety, only with credit to Cheryl Sitz and Journey of Possibilities, and link to journeyofpossibilities.com. Any monies received from the distribution of this show are the sole property of Journey of Possibilities. This show may not be altered, and partial use of segments is prohibited.